0: So the big question is this, how investors like us who weren't born with a silver spoon successfully investing in property to create a passive income and still have a lifestyle now? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. I'm George Markoski and welcome to The Positive Property Show, our mission is to empower 10,000 people to create financial freedom through property using the Markoski Method. Join us. Hello hi there george Makowski. belinda here as well from positive property welcome
1: belinda flaherty positive property.
0: yep now look if you're watching us live we've got a really good show tonight it's very exciting you know we come here every wednesday night rain hail or shine same bat place same bat channel is the australian property chat now look there might be some people watching our uh, podcast if you're watching our podcast Make sure you get us a Facebook and join Australian Property Chat, so then you can actually interact with us live. Because I'd love to do that.
1: Actually, and, it's, it's listen to our podcast, not watch. But yes, watch now.
0: And someone said hello. Hello, and welcome.
1: Yay! Now, hello.
0: If you're watching live, type in hashtag live. And obviously, a lot of people, many people can't catch us live. they got sport and other stuff like that. So if you're watching the replay, just type hashtag replay just so I know you're watching. So tonight, we're talking about something special. Actually, I'm going to share my screen and I'll do a bit of a presentation tonight. live. And um, let's just open this up now. Belinda yeah. will be fielding the questions and I'll be doing the presentation. So Excellent. today we're going to be talking about JobKeeper. It's about to end, guys. The party's ending. What's going to happen? Well, we're about to find out because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen.
1: Excellent. Excellent.
0: Okay. So, great. You can see my screen?
1: Yeah, beautiful. I well, I can. Um, Excellent. Excellent.
0: Okay. So, great. So, look, this is the deal. So the JobKeeper scheme is slated to come to an end at the end of this month. Right? There's probably no chance it's going to go get an extension at all. No one's talking about it, anyway. I mean, we might see something in tourism sector, you know, or some of the other hard-hit sectors, but a nationwide job scheme is set to be a thing of the past. So, what's going to happen at the end of this month? What's going to happen? Um, what's going to happen to the so-called property boom that we've been having? You know, now that we're going to stop sucking on the teat of the government, what's going to happen? You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> I love that terminology. <laughs>
0: Now, our mission is to empower 10,000 Australians to create financial freedom through properties in the McCoskey method. I want to just go through that. But really, I'm going to start the prezo and get into it. So I guess the question is, is this going to crash the economy? What's happening? You know, who thinks it's going to crash the economy? I'm curious about your opinions. Please um, type in the chat, you know, do you think the economy is going to go up? Is it going to go down? Is it going to crash? What are your thoughts? I'm wondering what people out there think, because I'm very curious about that. But um, I, I'm going to tell you what I think, and I'm going to show you the data that supports what I think, right? So, one thing, one thing we we'll to look back at, and you know what? Hindsight is 2020 vision, isn't it, Blinda?
1: Correct, absolutely.
0: And when you look about, when you look at the benefits of hindsight, you look at JobKeeper. It certainly was a winner.
1: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent.
0: I mean, look, it's one of the things that really helped us weather the impact of lockdown and come sailing through the crisis in 2020, through 2021. You
1: know what I mean? Absolutely. It was great for Australia. We really, we really did well.
0: Yeah, look, if I was the guy that architected, I think it was Josh Fridenberg, I'd I'd be feeling pretty happy about how it all panned out. And, you know, it was a very high stakes move. It could have cost a fortune and achieved nothing. It still cost a fortune. But it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, it did. Right? It did what it did. But now, as that one unwinds, is it going to leave business high and dry? I mean, is it going to throw millions onto the unemployment scrap heap again? Is it going to crash the economy?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're all interesting topics and interesting ideas.
0: Yeah, so what's going to happen? Well, this is the thing. Let me go through it and just show you some of the stats. But, um, I don't think, I don't reckon, but I'm going to show you the stats and you make up your own mind. You know, you tell me what you think. Right. So to start with, you know, many have been coming off JobKeeper naturally as the economy reopens. Right. So what's happening with JobKeeper is they started a certain peak and then every three months it went down, it started going down and down. So you're not getting the same subsidies as what you are now. right? So at the peak, right, at in, the, in the third quarter of 2020, a million businesses and 3.6 million employees receiving the payment. Wow. But by the close of the year, by the end of the year, we're down to 500,000 businesses and 1.6 million employees. Right? And at last count is 960,000 employees. Just have a look at this graph here. Right?
1: Yep.
0: So you look at JobKeeper here, April 2020, 3.6 million. Then you've got, then you've got, um, can you see my little mouse? Yep. Then you've got yep. October 2020, 1.6 million. January 21st, we've got 960,000. And now we're in March. We're about to finish March. Now, the CBA, that F cast means forecast, by the way, not anything rude.
1: <laughs> I, th- I thought rude straight away. Yeah, I, just
0: thought, I just thought, yeah. And so they, the CBA reckons it's going to be 900,000 people. Wow. Right? Which is not a lot of people.
1: No, it's not.
0: Right? So it's been heading south. So every passing day, less and less the work force becomes dependent on the payments. Mm. Right? So see, the thing is, those remaining in JobKeeper remain concentrated in the services sector, particularly in arts and recreation. So really what got hit the worst was tourism and um, things like that. So you look at the airport, for example, you know, the rent-a-car market, the airport thing, that that sort of stuff really has, it's cut down. But you look at this um, JobKeeper 2020, a share of industry and employment if you can see that right you can see that um arts and recreation rental hiring it's pretty high yep right so see the blue line there is the the how much job keeper and the orange line is the population of people that are in that so you look down the bottom healthcare. you know i'm sorry the blue line is the portion of the population that work in the industry the orange line is how much job keeper and healthcare hardly anyone because they're so busy and so flat out
1: correct absolutely
0: right so so that's the stats there so this is the deal so cba's forecast that 900,000 people will still be on job when it winds up in the, the month how many of those are at risk of losing their jobs entirely Right, because um, CBA they crunch the numbers and do a lot of that. And they, all they what they do is they sign risk waves to different industries and then assume high risk industries lose twenty five percent of JobKeeper employees, the ranks their unemployed. Medium risk industries lose ten percent. Low risk five percent. And here it is here. And um, as you can see, high risk industries are transport, arts and recreation. And they and accommodation, food. But as you and I know, accommodation, food, it hasn't been risky at all, has it? It's flat out.
1: It's been flat chat.
0: Yeah. So you know, like I haven't seen any risk when it comes, like getting accommodation. We, you know, for Easter, we barely got any accommodation.
1: We were, yeah, absolutely. There was hardly anything left. And look at things like food these days. Even your top restaurants, they've got three sittings.
0: Yeah. You know, back no, in the day. instead of one, exactly. Instead
1: of one. So they're doing three times the business in a sitting and they're making up for that lost time.
0: Yep. So I think accommodation and food is not so bad. And I think I, I wouldn't call it high risk personally.
1: Not really. You know what I mean? And I mean, look, I know here in Melbourne, we went through seven months of lockdown. Can I tell you, when we came out of it, I had to be on waiting lists for three, four weeks to get into my favourite restaurants. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, look, the thing is, you know, we've got <clears throat> when you tell up the numbers, right? We've got nine hundred thousand people that are on JobKeeper, and out of those, once it ends, there's possibly, probably about a hundred thousand people that may lose their job. Yeah. Right. And look, but look, I'm not, I'm not trying to minimise this because obviously I feel sorry for the people losing their job and it's terrible.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. But on a national scale of things
1: it's nothing on it's nothing it's it's a- we,
0: won't, we won't even feel it won't even feel no. it right
1: and, and you gotta re- yeah go on yeah, go, go 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 i was gonna say as well like i know a lot of people who went through lockdown in hospitality they've actually changed complete jobs and got better jobs so who's to know that you know they might lose their positions but there's other industries that are absolutely thriving
0: Yes, but also I've, I've been talking to people, other business owners. I know a lot of business owners being a business owner, and the fact of it is, trying to hire staff now is almost impossible. Why's that? Because no one wants their job. They're getting JobKeeper, and they're just like, yeah, course, sorry. Just like you know, well, just
1: they get. Surely they're they're getting to the point where once so anyone
0: gone, anyone listening to this, is anyone at risk of losing their job at the end of JobKeeper? Is there any business people that are getting rid of their stuff? I'd love to know. Please let me know. Yeah,
1: join in and have a bit of a chat to us.
0: Join in and have a chat chat. I'd like to know your opinion. Please let us know. But these are the stats. Now, people listening to the podcast, you're not going to be able to see the stats. So what I suggest you do to be able to see the graph is go into Australian Property Chat and just watch the replay and you can actually see it all, which is great.
1: Yeah, you need to see the stats.
0: Yeah, well, I'd like to share the stats with people. So... We're going to go to the next chart here, right? So, so here we've got transport, arts recreation. We've got the whole tally, right? And what they're saying is they're giving, um, you know, how the risk, high risk, medium risk, low risk, the estimated recipients of JK and estimated job losses, right? Yeah. And you can see at the bottom of this thing, it's 110,000. So there's 900,000 people. Oops.
1: That's right, you're getting motivation for our trip in Easter,
0: yes, exactly. If you look at this, oops, if you look at this graph, so the high risk, you know, it looks like 69,000 jobs, medium risk, 18,000, low risk, 23,000, and you can see transport, art, recreation, accommodation that's where they expect it all. And I really think. You know, accommodation and food. We're not, you know, there's 123,000 people that are getting job keeper and accommodation and food at the moment. And they reckon a third of them will lose their job. I don't believe that at all.
1: No, I don't believe it either. Either. Yeah. Not at all. Look,
0: they're being very conservative. So what I'm saying is, though, like, this is the deal. Even worst case scenario, if you listen, look at their figures 110,000, we're still going to be fine. So the economy is looking good. Okay, someone said, no, they're not losing their job. Good. I'm glad to hear. Good to hear you Australia, not losing your job.
1: Woo!
0: I'm glad. And look, guys, you know, I think um, Australia has fared very well. we have done very well. And so...
1: Yeah, look, especially I've been talking to people all over the world and they're still in lockdown in some countries. So. Yeah.
0: So, so look, I mean, if 100,000 or 150,000 people lose their job, is it really going to hurt us? No, it's not. You know what I mean? That's the fact of it. Obviously, it really sucks the people involved. Mm. And I have empathy with them. I get that. But in the bigger picture, it's not that big a number. With the jobs market tightening as it is, you'd have to think we could mop up 150000 in three to six months of job creation anyway.
1: Absolutely. Right?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, from a a positive perspective, maybe it changes as good as a holiday. Get them out of that old industry. Get them into something new.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you can see here, right, so it's a surge in working zero hours has passed
1: yeah right
0: right now look at employee employment vacancies wow right so it just um from february 11 you look at it and then look how it, it just dropped wow and then now vacancy has gone back up so it means that People are hiring. It's good news. So if you have lost your job, it's bounced back up. You look down here, there's no vacancies at all. Zero. Yep.
1: You
0: know what I mean? It was like shocking. And then suddenly they've gone back up to normal.
1: Boom. Yep.
0: Right? Which is good news. Great news. So it looks like everyone is set to expand their labour. People are trying to hire more people. Right? Labour hiring plans. So... Net percent expecting a rise, advanced two months. Look at this, look at this graph. And this yeah. is this is from the um, NAB Business Survey, Australian Bureau of Statistics. Wow. Right? It's huge. Yeah,
1: that is. Absolutely.
0: So employment's gone up, but expected new employment's gone right up. Yeah. So looking at this, my guess is we're barely going to notice it. You know, so know. it might stick in some sectors, some regions like tourist regions, maybe. But look, not even tourist regions because... I don't
1: even think, I think people are going to do a lot more um, holidaying around Australia than going overseas and doing the Kentucky well, tour. We've got no
0: choice at the moment. no,
1: we can't no choice. Exactly. And
0: as you and I know, every holiday destination in Australia is totally and utterly booked out. Correct. Right, so it is.
1: It really so is. I don't think
0: we're going to notice it at all. And it's not going to knock the economy off its off its stride at all, one little bit. No,
1: not at all.
0: Monthly government support payments. Look at that.
1: Wow. Right. Unbelievable. I I can't really read the um, the graphs there, George. Do you want no, to just?
0: No, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> So, but no, no, but look, okay. It
1: looks like a big, mm, M. Yeah,
0: but, but this is what you've got to look at. This is monthly government support payments, and look where the graph is now.
1: Correct. You are here. Yeah, right? just
0: a visual. Sweet FA, right? That's the thing. That's the whole point.
1: Absolutely. So you've got to put the
0: job numbers in perspective. Currently, JobKeeper costs $5 billion, right? And that's set to be removed. But we've already walked back $24 billion worth of fiscal stimulus since the post-COVID peak. That barely moved the dial. Right? So we've already knocked back 24 billion dollars worth of subsidy, and it hasn't touched anything. And now that 5 billion is going to do nothing, right? Yeah. Not only that, and this is the amazing thing, and this is where this is the real big reveal here. Aussie households have massed the record of 187 billion in savings.
1: Wow.
0: Right? So you think about it. Aussies have got $187 billion in savings and we're about to lose $5 billion. Is it going to touch the surface?
1: Nee, 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 nee.
0: That's right. I don't see it slowing down us at all.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to now stop sharing that. So, guys, that's that what I wanted great. to share.
1: That's good hey? to see a few stats. It's great to see a few stats. Yeah, look,
0: because I do a lot of talking – And I wanted people to look at what I'm doing because I'm a bit of a nerd. And if if you guys have heard of Freakonomics, right? I am a bit of a Freakonomics nerd. Uh, And if If you
1: haven't heard of it and you're curious, get the book Freakonomics.
0: Yep. And basically, Freakonomics is a new way of looking at things and really, um, basically knowing what's going to happen through that sort of stuff. Yeah. Now, I'm going to just jump into the Facebook group and see what people are doing because now comes the Ask Me Anything session. Yay, Ask
1: because Me anything.
0: if you want to start asking questions, this is where we're going to ask the questions and answer them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's go.
0: Okay, so, Belinda, I think you've got a few questions there.
1: Yeah, I do. I'm just going to open up my... Okay, I've got a couple here. Just hold on. Why not just invest in a good management fund?
0: Okay, well, um,
1: where one- does
0: wait, wait, wait. good management fund? The, the, the challenge is you know, when you invest in a management fund, what you're doing is one. You're giving someone control over your finances, right, instead of yourself. What I love about property is you're the investor, you're the owner, you make the call, right? Now, I don't know about you, but for me, there's something good about being in control one part of your life at least, especially if you're an employee or something, you know what I mean? One part of your life where you're the boss, right? So why do you want to be a boss? Why do you want to be a follower? The, man, the problem with managed funds is they take away so much money out of the managed fund, right? So in, in expenses and stuff like that, and I don't know, I mean, who's managing the fund? How are you going to do your research? Whatever you're going to invest in, you're going to have to do the research anyway. You're going to have to become good at it. And a managed fund, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. What they did in America, they got this monkey to throw darts at stocks. <laughs> and guess what it did? It outperformed most managed funds.
1: <laughs> we need to we need to get that monkey. Oh man, I
0: should hire the <laughs> that monkey.
1: Sounds, that sounds like something off Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, but they
0: <laughs> seriously they hired a monkey and
1: That's hilarious.
0: Right? the So what happened was they hired a monkey. And basically the monkey outperformed these managed funds. So the reason that I like managed funds is one, it's not real estate. And with the share market, there's too many big players that can control the share market. And really, they're the ones that make money out of it. I'm jealous of you having a wine. I feel like getting a wine as well. Sorry. I just I, want to I, I just- I, I back, have a
1: back day of coaching today. And this is my, you're my last- No, coach. no, no, no.
0: I should have got one before I started. But look, um, I'd like to have a big shout out for one of our members, Craig. Craig Cabby, big shout-out. How are you? Craig, help get some amazing wine for me from the Barossa. He's a champion. He's a genius. Love this guy.
1: Yep. Belinda,
0: you've got to make him your best friend. He's a smart man. He's very good.
1: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you up?
0: I love it. So, look um, – So that's the other thing. But managed fund also, the problem is a lot of times what happens with managed funds, they got some guy, that got out of university, went behind the years and ends up getting a job at some managed fund and um, I don't know if I trust them, that's all.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions come through. What are your thoughts on interest rates remaining where they are due to the unsustainable increase in property prices that we saw in February 21st? Will this result in slowing down of the prices' clearance rates?
0: Great idea. Excellent. Really good question. Beautiful question. Who asked that question? That's excellent. Um, Beautiful question. That's uh, Jono. Jono, thank you for that. Look, the fact of it is, this is the interesting thing, interest rates are not going up. right? Actually, some countries are experimenting with negative interest rates. If you can turn your speaker down a little bit, I'm getting a bit of feedback, please. Um, Some countries are experimenting Some countries experiencing negative interest rates. And what they're doing is they're paying banks to lend money to people. Try wow. to think of that. Amazing. So what's happening is interest rates are not going up for a long, long time. And you can tell that by the fixed rates. So what you do is whenever you're not sure about interest rates, you look at the five year fixed, three year fixed, that will tell you what the banks are predicting for the future. Yeah, there you go. But also, but there's one other thing as well. Um, A lot of this has got to do with the world economy. And I'm going to get into it next week. Next week, I'm doing a full thing on the world economy, right? And America, England, Europe, and stuff like that. But what's happening is we're in a very special place in Australia. And I'm going to explain that with graphs and facts next week. But what's happened is everyone has been printing a ship ton of money right, all over the place to get through COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, we're having a commodity boom, a stock boom, and a property boom all around the world. Now, is that because things are 10 times better than pre-COVID around the world? No, they actually haven't changed. They're just as bad. So in yeah. in UK, in a lot of Europe, in America, things haven't changed. They're still in having their third and fourth lockdown. The economy is still stuffed. But what's happening is these countries are printing money. So what's happening in Australia, we don't need to print money anymore. We don't need it. So why has the RBA decided to print another 100000000000 of. billion?
1: I'll tell you why.
0: why. There's a good reason for it. It's because of the Australian dollar.
1: Yeah, right.
0: What happens is if we don't print a shit ton of money to keep up with the rest of the world, the Australian dollar will go up in value, our exports will go down, and it will affect our economy. So we're so, even though we're doing really well, and there's only as far as I know, New Zealand and Australia are just five-star players when it comes to the COVID thing and, and their economies. Yeah, 100%. They're both they're both punching above their weight, they're both kicking us. Yeah, and, and the fact of it is, we're printing money anyway, but just to keep up the Joneses. So we're getting an economic boom, a commodity boom you know what commodity booms all about? I'm going to explain that next time. I'm going to show some slides next time but commodity boom, commodity boom is when oil, gas and iron ore go up. Now, yeah. do you remember the last commodity boom? What happened? I'll remind you. I bought a house in Perth for 2000, 20,000 and it doubled. It went up to 500 in 2 years. Right? That's what happened with the commodity boom. So guys, hold on to your hats. Like, hold on really tight because this commodity boom is going to – so I've never seen this many things all at once. But having a commodity boom, having um, lots of money getting spent, having a boom eco- economically in Australia, plus compared to the rest of the world altogether, this is a perfect storm. Yeah. It is the most exciting thing I've seen in a long, long time. You know, I'm very excited. And I'm baby, i excited because I'm a nerd, but it's amazing. <laughs> so I've got two more questions.
1: Can I keep going with the questions? That was a great answer. Love yeah, it. I'm,
0: going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to flick through the questions that I've got first. Okay?
1: okay.
0: Okay. So, with so much economic research, data analysis, have you experienced a situation where the data is wrong or po- proved incorrect? Um, good question. No, Um, the data is the data. So, the, the, the interpretation of the data can be wrong, you know, definitely. Right? And at the end of the day, I'm interpreting the data and... You know, people watching me, you're going to have to rely on me knowing what I'm doing or whoever you're going to follow. So, I, th- I think what you need to do with this data is you need to follow someone that knows how to interpret the data because there's no point looking at data if you don't know how to interpret it. And I believe I'm very good at interpreting it because I've proven myself over and over, not just now, you know, during GFC, before oh. COVID, after COVID, with all the units. So, I've got this right many times. So I've got a good track record.
1: Hey, I used to nickname you. The, I used to nickname you the Big Bang Sheldon of property.
0: Yeah, exactly. You were such and a thing
1: fan.
0: And, and the thing is, look, I'm a bit of a nerd, and I know data. But the thing is, I can get it wrong too. I mm-hmm. can. I'm, it hasn't happened so far, but I'm sure one day it's going to happen. I'm going to get something wrong, but a lot of this stuff is pretty simple stuff and you can look at and you look at the numbers. You know, if we're going to end up with 110,000 people losing their jobs from JobKeeper, it's not going to affect us. So the numbers may be a little bit wrong, but they're usually pretty close. So I've never seen the numbers be totally wrong. They're just, they're pretty close usually. So I'm pretty happy with the data. It's fine. Okay, yeah. so I've heard, I've heard that rural areas are booming at the moment. What are your thoughts on rural?
1: We've had this question before, but let's do it again.
0: Yep, look, I just don't like rule, <laughs> right? So what happens is I keep getting back to the principles and this is the deal. Most people don't understand the core principles and because they don't understand the core principles, they get confused and they don't—they—they they think it's complicated. But once you understand the core principles, it's actually very simple and very easy. The core principles are it doesn't matter if something's booming because rural places and all those sort of things are going to boom every now and again. But the challenge is they're not going to be sustained because of demand-supply ratio. Correct. So without the right demand-supply ratio, you cannot make money long-term. Everyone repeat after me. Without demand-supply ratio, you cannot make long economic t- return. So, therefore, buying a unit, buying a rural area, buying a mining town is very short-term. And if you're looking at short-term, you shouldn't be investing. You know what short-term investing is? At the Crown Casino, that short term. <laughs> really-
1: I was, was going to say the get rich mentality, get rich yeah, quick mentality. The Crown
0: Casino—that's good short term investment.
1: Yeah, go, go there, put your money in red,
0: and turn it around really quickly. But if you want long term, you need to really be smart about things. And yes, rules going up, but it's going to drop again anyway because they're going to be yeah. oversupplied. So the fact of it is, you know,
1: there's just so much land out in rural as well.
0: Thank you for a great response. You're welcome. Thank you for asking the question. Yeah, look, the the the, uh, the principles. I can talk about property and the economy forever because I love it. It's good fun. Someone's turning on my TV in the background.
1: I can smell that. Look, You've on only got speak. a ghost. Hey, the doggies take the doggies sitting on the, the remote. Jojo, come here. Come here. Jojo, ah, oh, oh, Jojo. Oh, how's
0: Jojo going? Hello, to everyone. <laughs> Here he is. He's,
1: <laughs> he's so such a kid. cutie.
0: He's my sister's dog. I'm babysitting him. I dognapped him the other week. <laughs> I
1: love it. I think he's such a cool dude, though. He's an old dude. Look,
0: he's so fussy that Christina cooked a bit of lamb roast just to feed him the other day because he's so fussy. I'm like, Christina, he's a dog. <laughs> cook me the lamb roast.
1: I was going to say, cook you but, the lamb roast. Feed him the scraps. <laughs> He sat on the remote control. He did sit on the remote. Okay, so we're going to keep going. Yes, the
0: Sheldon of property investing.
1: I told you the Big Bang Sheldon of property. If
0: I'd sing, I'd sing the song, but I don't know how to do it. (laughs) It's too fast.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, Um, let's go.
0: Let's hit this. Let's do it. What time is it, by the way? Because I I know we've got another session coming for our team. Yeah. Um. Let's
1: just have a look. We've got half an
0: hour. Uh, half an hour is that right? Oh, shivers. Um, it's seven oh five. The other one. So yeah,
1: we got we got about
0: fifteen minutes. That's fine.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: here we go. We have got a, another question. A question. A question emailed me, a friend has been thinking about signing up with a property mentor. Her biggest concerns are that question, if their business model is so successful, why are they trying to make money out of what or what would be investors by promoting their product? Look, great question, because that could almost apply to us as well, right? So this is the question. Let me rephrase it. If you're so good at property, if you're retired, why the hell are you doing this? Why are you helping other people? That's a very good question. How do I answer it? Look, I, and the deal is, right, it's very hard to understand until you get to my position what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and what I'm doing. But I'm going to try to go back because what happened was um, I, you know, was working 80 hours a week running three businesses and it was really difficult. And then I realized I could retire a property and I thought this is the best. So when I retired out of property, I bought a convertible Porsche, got a house on the beach, was making 180 grand a year without getting out of bed, and I thought, that's it. I've arrived at my goal. I'm done. Mm. Right? And I was like, wow, I did it in my 30s. Pretty cool. I'm retired. I never have to work again. The fact of it is, you know, there's only um, so much you can do being retired. It gets actually quite boring after a while.
1: And you didn't have any friends to play with because we're, most of no, us. were everyone else nine is working. To
0: five. Everyone else is working. So
1: I was doing nine to five. You were ringing me up, going, "Let's go for lunch." I was like, "I've got yep. go go to work." Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, the fact of it is, I guess, what I um, when you're an investor, being an investor can be lonely, especially when you're a property investor with our system because our system is very passive. I mean, I'll spend less than ten minutes a month on my properties, right? And when you spend less than ten minutes a month on your properties, there's not a there's not that much there to do. Yeah, that's right. So I actually had dinner with a guy called Tim Ferriss in Melbourne,
1: and four quite hour work few, week.
0: yeah, for the four-hour work week. And we had quite a few glasses of red wine, and you know, had a good little chat.
1: Um, That book that he wrote was the New York bestseller as
0: well. Yeah, yeah, it was, exactly. And so what happened was um, Tim and I had a good little chat and we talked about the four-hour work week and I said, look, I've got less than four hours. I do 10 minutes a month. And Tim (laughs) goes, oh, no, 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 no. You got all this wrong, right? And he sort of explained to me that you need your passion. And he said, look, the deal is if you're great at it, you get paid for it, the world needs it and you love it. That is your purpose. Boom. And and you have to tick every box, right? Because seriously, if you don't tick every box, then you're in the wrong place. Correct. So, so guys, here I am on my podcast, if you're listening to my podcast, or on the Facebook group doing a live. I'm getting paid for this, right? And I'm loving it. (laughs) I love this. It's actually, funny enough, my favourite Day of the Five week of the is week. Wednesday night because yeah. I love getting up there and talking to I'm excited everybody.
1: about Wednesday nights too because I yeah, love the so, questions that come so, through.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, look, guys, I'm getting paid to have fun here, so thank you very much. Why would I do this? Why on earth would I do this? Because it's fun and I get paid a shit ton of money to do it and it's fun. And, yes, yeah. I'm successful in property and property makes me money but property doesn't give me community or tribe or purpose, Right. So you watching us now? You know you're you're probably part of our community of freedom fighters. You know people that want to you know become financially independent, retire early. People that want to live life on their terms. People that want to freedom through property. We're a select group of people. We're different to everyone else. If you're watching this right now, if you're listening to me, you know you're different because you're not just four to nine to five, right? You're not just going to work in, and then. Get a pension at 65. You don't want to do that. If you wanted to do that, you wouldn't be here listening to me right now. That's
1: it. Absolutely. You
0: know, if you're watching this or listening to this, you know that deep down there's more to life than just working a job or running a business. And at the end of the day, what we're doing is trying to create freedom through property so we can find what we love and do it. Correct. And I happen to be doing this. And I love this. And, yeah. I, and I also, but also, I um, I do, I travel, and I'm moving to Bali in June, and I'm doing some cool stuff. And I want to share my experience with everyone. And look, I'm very authentic. I just lay it down on the line. So, me as a mentor, I'm a mentor because I love being a mentor, and it's very satisfying to actually give back. But not only that, I mean, you know, our our goal as a company is to empower ten thousand Australians to create wealth through property yeah you know? isn' we're asking about and look you know to me that that gets me excited. I need something to get me up early and get me working and you know I'd rather do this on a Wednesday night than watch TV right or play absolutely. sport because I, 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 I love the intellectual challenge I love this you know so that's yeah. why we do it and the thing is look, talk about mentors if you're going to get a mentor, get a mentor that walks their talk right Don't look what they don't listen to what they say look at what they do.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: Seriously, because people's actions are the loudest thing, and that's what you need to look at. You know, you know, I would not I would never go to an office and see some guy in a three-piece suit who works fucking eighty hours a week telling me, Oh, I'm very I'm gonna teach you how to invest. Oh yeah, right, here doing a good job yourself. You know, I want someone that can do the job just as good. So the people I learned from, right, they had the results in the board. And part of the reason when I decided to work out property, the reason I wanted to work out property is because quitting was an option. Because I wasn't born with a silver spoon. I wasn't going to inherit a fortune. My parents struggled to make ends meet. So at the end of the day, it had to be me to do it. So yeah. I had no choice. Because when Correct. you quit, you're guaranteed to lose, aren't you?
1: Pretty much.
0: Yep, that's the first thing I did is decide to work out property and get the right people. But not only that, I decided to ignore everyone else everyone else out there giving real estate advice. You know why? Because they didn't walk their talk, right? I decided to look for people that actually had results. And I went to this guy called Nick. He was in Florida, right? And um, he was living the lifestyle, living the dream. And I went and hung out with him. And we were drinking those apple martinis and all that. And he, he's the worst is history. So it's fantastic.
1: Beautiful. Great answer. And look, I'll just add my two bobs in as well. You know, look, you. I worked corporate for 23 years and do you think I get the gratitude that I get from members now getting them on their first investment properly, let alone getting their second and third, and changing their lives forever? Yes. I, I don't get that job satisfaction that I did for 23 years. I get it now. You know, and that's why I do it. But, you know, I want to get paid for it as well. Hello. Well, we're look, not a, we're, you know, we're doing the B1.
0: The B1, G1. G1. Yep.
1: So we are giving back. And,
0: well, you know, and i've that, been best friends for 20 years and we ran a marketing company that kicked ass we used yeah. to help car dealers do big events and we'd go in there and kick ass for them we sure do you think do. they appreciated it
1: we were the best we were the best in australia we would we'd give them a figure of how many cars they would sell in a day and a half we'd end up smashing their monthly volumes do you think we got any praise or any any nothing from it?
0: Exactly. And the thing is right, what I love about what we do now is how grateful people are. You know oh. we've got you know we've got two thousand members Australia wide, but they're not just successful at real estate. They're extremely grateful, and that's the best part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I love it because you know we get all these great testimonials coming in and just little emails from people. I mean, um, if Renee's watching, Renee, one of our members, sent this beautiful email to all of our team, just telling her how, you know, how we, how much we've helped her and she never thought she could, you know, do it. And it's just changed their lives. It's made her happier. It's changed her attitude. It's changed her mindset. Just from us doing what we do good, which is tweaking a few little things in her strategy and getting her to exactly. the next level. Oh
0: lovely Renee used to work with us. <laughs> So that's ah, beautiful. That she she came worked at.
1: in the motor industry with us. So yes. excellent. So
0: now, let's look at this okay. other question. I'm just going to yes. quickly smash through this question. Flooding in some rural areas at the moment, people have lost their homes. Wow, I didn't hear and didn't deny. I, yes, I heard something about that. That's terrible about people losing their homes in the rural areas. Sorry okay. to hear that. I think it's something in New South Wales or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a few of that going. Do, uh, does land tax become more expensive when you get more properties?
0: Look, good question. And what happens is, the strategies you use to start investing are very different to the strategies you do mid and then post so as you grow your empire you need to have different strategies and what i like to do is i like to keep my land tax really low yeah That's part of the reason i don't touch south australia anymore because they've just changed their land tax rules cuz i used yeah. to buy properties cuz i love driving around i see a property i was buy it but you know now i i have to you know buying the state and i do that as well anyway but the thing is um you've got to use strategies to balance your tax and your land tax and everything else out and as you grow you use different strategies and that's what we do in our program but um you know if you do it properly you don't have to pay a lot of tax especially land tax because you got to just divide I, it up because again, what I, I'm good.
1: Yep. Yeah. I was going to say again the reason why you're the guru and why we sit here and listen to this because at the end of the day. You know, I wouldn't even think about land tax until it was too late.
0: Yeah, but look, say- I've, I've done all this. The, re- the thing is, I've already gone through all this.
1: Yeah, you have. See, whereas, you know, you've helped me, coach me to make sure that I've got properties in different states so I've minimised my risk and I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket.
0: And who, you don't pay who, land I tax.
1: I would have not thought of that.
0: Yep. Oh, so I'm saying, are you doing a building project in Bali? You've talked about this. I'm actually doing a building project in... Where are we doing it? Queensland. No, no, no. The, the, the one, the one that we're building the school. Where are we building the school.
1: Oh, so you're doing the um in uh, South Africa or South Africa? No,
0: no, no, no. I've forgotten the country. Can, is that bad that we're building a school? We don't know what country it's in.
1: Ten, was it Kenya or Tanzania? Kenya. Kenya. Kenya.
0: There you go.
1: Kenya. So that means when people join up as a member, we buy a brick.
0: When someone does our 40-day challenge, we buy five bricks. For oh. each person. Yep.
1: You've yep. up you've up the bricks.
0: I've up the bricks, up the ante. They've you've no. up
1: the ante pants. It's
0: inspiring. I'm glad someone's inspired. Beautiful. Thank you. Yay. Expiring. Uh Vita Zevon Zevon. Zevon is saying if you don't get paid for it, you're not good at it. Probably, probably. But um, funny enough, I I've given people free poppy advice in the past. Excellent advice. Which would have made them millionaires. I know one guy that we both know, and I seriously, know and I'm not going to mention his name, but seriously, yeah. this guy would be a multi, multi, multi millionaire if he listened to me. And now he's not because he didn't listen to me. And you know why? Yeah. He didn't pay for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. He didn't See, pay, he didn't for, it, pay for it. He would follow through, but because he didn't pay for it, this was years and years ago. I mean, George, I was there when you gave that advice. And we were both sitting there saying, awesome advice. And he's just gone off and done something completely opposite. But if he yeah. was a member, he would, and he paid for it, he would do it. And look yeah. at him now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. And you know what? It's sad because he's working long hours now. I spoke to him recently, and he, he could be totally retired.
1: Yeah, that's really sad. Oh, well, oh look, you know what? Uh, so it, cool. is, it is you, what it is.
0: You can you can take a horse to drink to water. You can but lead you a horse
1: to water, but you can't make him drink.
0: Yep, exactly. So I've got okay. a good question here by Carlos. Hi, Carlos. Carlos. Welcome. Hello, um, Carlos. With property prices arrived, Has this changed or influenced the top 100 suburbs? Good question. So the the 16,000 suburbs in Australia, you got to imagine them like a wave in water right? And so what happens is you've got this massive bunch of suburbs and they're moving up and down. And so the water's getting a bit mixed up, but usually the top of the wave is, if the water goes up, the top of the water is going up top of the wave anyway. So what happens, it doesn't influence the top 100 very much at all. All it does is push all the other ones up as well. But long-term, the top 100 are going to do better. Now, in saying that, the top 100 that I've got, I've got, um, I only do suburbs that have got an 85% statistical um, guarantee of they're going to work. So I do, there's a certain suburbs I don't look at at all, which maybe in the top 100. I just don't realise they are because they don't have enough volume in them. Yep. Because I don't want to go in blindfolded because most people when they buy property going blindfolded, I go with the with telescope and keep my eye on the front. Yep,
1: yep, yep, yep.
0: Skid in the game. Look, skid Try in the game get is important. Skid
1: in the game. We oh, look, if our you our not If
0: you don't have skid in the game, then you're not going to play the game properly. It's no. not going to happen.
1: Look, so I, I remember, George, when you first started, you know, you would sit there and give people so much free advice and people wanted to be like you and you would give them advice and they would go off and do their own thing.
0: Yep. I know. I mean, and
1: I think by paying for it, you, you know, it makes you realize that then you're accountable. We're all accountable.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And someone wrote down when you pay for a service or for help, you're more likely to follow through than when you get it for free. True. And the thing is, I suppose, you know, value is a funny thing anyway, really, isn't it? I mean, what is value? And I think value is what you get out of it. And I think as a business, you've got to give as much value as you can. Yeah. And to give good value, you need to charge the right amount of money. Yep, we're not we're not the cheapest in Australia. No
1: way. Why should no, we
0: be? But, uh, but I think we're probably the best value though.
1: We are look, because I'm you sure. go find
0: find another company, find a company that even knows what the top one hundred is. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Right?
0: Or even knows how to do statistical research. You know, seriously, I, I've 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 because we look at our competitors sometimes and like. Some of the reasons they invest in a property is like ridiculous. It's seriously, I'm thinking these guys are the preschool of property investors. Right? Correct.
1: What so do you think?
0: What do you about thought, guarantee? thought
1: Rental guarantees, huh? oh, You're paying for it. You're paying for it. Look,
0: a rental guarantee is um, usually um, one of those things. Look, look. Sometimes some developers will put a rental guarantee on a property. There's no black or white in this. But usually they put a rental guarantee to help sell the property. If they're trying to help sell the property, they're trying to help sell it because it's hard to sell, so therefore it's a shit property. Not always. Because sometimes the the developer's got a good property and they put a rental guarantee on it because they don't realise that it's a good property. I've seen that in the past. But 99% of the time, it's a shit property first. Right.
1: Yep. And, and look, a lot of the times I've done my research with rental guarantees and they've actually incorporated a year's rent into the price. So you end up paying for it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm really
0: not really big on that a whole rental guarantee. Look, my my theory is one, you need to really get educated. So you understand the core principles. So you understand what's going on. And two, you really need to do your research in the property you're buying. Right, yep. and, if, and, and the thing is, if you're getting a rental guarantee or if you're getting a discount, then take another 10 looks at that property because at the moment we're going for a boom. Yep. We've got people missing out on properties just because they're not going fast enough.
1: Hey, look, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up with you tonight. I mean, we had a member that decided to not use our circle of safety, go and get their own independent conveyancer, um, found an amazing property, top 100, um, the conveyancer has gone through and just kind of, we need to delete this, this, this and this and the developer just turned around and said, sorry, I'm not changing the paperwork. Yeah, so look, we back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and yeah. guess what? The developer ended up moving it on and selling it for another 20 grand more.
0: Exactly. And that happens quite often. And the, fa- the fact of it is, that's it. But I've got an interesting How do you source the properties? Are they independently sourced? Good question. That's a great question. Um, yes, they are independently sourced. How do I source them? Basically, look, we go through a pretty a, quite a rigorous process. And what I've done is I've developed some relationships with developers that can give us the right quality properties. Because what happens is, if you buy a property in a development and you're one person, you buy a property... It's very hard to have pull and actually get that developer to f- fix the property if there's something wrong and things like that. So you need to really have a relationship. Now, we've got 2,000 mem- members wide, so we're quite a strong group. We're like a buyer's group. So when I come into a development, I don't get discounts, unfortunately, because I'm looking at really good quality property. And I'm not looking for discounts. I wanted that. I'd be going and looking at properties and it'd be easy to do that. i could I get get discounts every day of the week, but not on good properties because good properties are hard to find and everyone's paying more than what they're worth anyway. So it's hard. So, and I get them independently sourced. We've got um, people that work with us that help us find property, that are independent, that have look at my criteria. I've got the top 100 suburbs and that's what we're looking at. So there's quite a lot of due diligence to go through buying a property. So I would say, you know, doing due diligence on a builder or a developer, that's probably, you're looking at about 80 hours work. Yep. Right? That's the fact but of that. People don't get
1: that.
0: If you haven't done 80 hours work on that developer, then... Because you, you gotta look at you gotta look at their credit history, you gotta look at have they got any black marks against their name, have they gone to court, have do they finish their buildings, are they solvent, have they got cash? There's a lot there. So have
1: they got quality lot... builds that are gonna last the test of time? Yes,
0: yeah, so there's a lot Hello? of a lot there. You gotta look at um their reviews and you gotta talk to their suppliers to see if they're paying their bills because the problem is a lot of builders go broke. Correct. Right. That's the fact of it. And a lot of them went broke in Melbourne recently and people got stuck in the middle of a build. So, so doing a due diligence is important and that's part of what we do for our, you know, for our group. And you know what, it's worth doing 80 hours work when you've got 2000 members, but when you're on your own doing 80 hours work on that and then doing another hundred hours on the property, because really, realistically, if you want to do the proper research on a property, on the suburb, on the top 100, on the developer, on all those factors, you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of hours of work, right? And someone has to do that work, either you or you pay someone or you pay a group to do it. Absolutely. And what happens is when you've got a group like us, because we're doing it for 2,000 members, it's cheap when you spread it around 2,000 people. But for one person, to be very, very expensive, you know? Yep. Like the due diligence we do would probably cost, we probably spend a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year on due diligence. So, yeah. you know, a lot of money just
1: for one, for one person, but when we're yeah. doing over the course of 2,000 members because we're covering everyone, it actually works out pretty good.
0: Yep, so that that's um, that's part of the deal. There's another question here Do was, you I'm ever look at the last one. this? Is the last With question correct? We have to go yeah, after this, we? We've got to
1: go. We've yeah. got to get to our members.
0: Yeah, but after this, we're doing a private session of our members and going through um, some examples and helping them with that. So, Daryl, Ball, do you ever a look at duplexes? Good question. Um, yes and no. <laughs> so, there's two types of duplexes. There's duplexes that you can separate the title, and there's duplexes where you've got two properties, a dual key. It's not really a duplex on the one roof. So, duplexes, We've got two properties. They've got a common wall, and you can separate them out into two Strata or two Torrance titles. So if you can find a duplex and buy half of it, that's really good, right? Problem is when you buy a duplex and you buy both halves, then you've got two eggs in one basket. And that's breaking the number one rule. Yep. So usually no.
1: Yep. Hey, this is a really good one. A lot of people are buying off the plan without title, services. Do your research and know what you're purchasing. Absolutely. Carlos? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That's really, really important. Look, um, the, the challenge is, I mean, the building game's so big and there's so much going on there. You really need to get experts to you know, to help you with that. How to become a member. I like yeah. that question. That's Whoever a great question. It, thank you. That's the best question I've heard tonight. Thank you. Uh, no.
1: I love it too. Um, you need so to speak
0: look, to Charmaine. Um, to become a member, what you need to do is you need to um, talk to Charmaine. And if anyone's interested in looking into it, just type in, you know, what what should they type in? Uh,
1: We'll, we'll put up a link.
0: No, 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 we won't put up a link. they have to type something in.
1: Oh, sorry. Um,
0: just think of a word.
1: Book. 15-minute book. 15 minutes. I'm just
0: just um, type in the word Charmaine and Charmaine will contact me. <laughs> what if
1: you yeah. don't know how to spell her name?
0: Oh, oh well. Uh, listen, this, this is the deal. There's one more thing I need to say before we go because we, we really need to go now.
1: Yeah, we need to go. Okay.
0: Guys, what I'm doing is I'm actually going to be doing a workshop next, m- next Tuesday night. Right? Oh, I'm
1: gonna miss
0: out. Doesn't matter. I'm doing a workshop next Tuesday night. And I'm going to be going through this workshop and showing people exactly what's happening with the property market 2021.
1: Ooh, right. very interesting.
0: And um, it's going to be a great workshop. And I'm going to show people, you know, how to reduce your mortgage and everything else like that. So guys, if you're interested in the workshop, please type in workshop, hashtag workshop, and our team will send you a link. I've only got limited numbers. It's a Zoom meeting. We've already got 20 people registered. It's gonna be an exciting day. And basically you will get to actually interact with me live during this session. And I'll be able to answer your question at the end, but really I'm gonna go be going through, you know, this is the biggest boom in 50 years. And I'm gonna be going through and telling people how and why it's gonna be big. And I'm gonna be showing people all the stats. You know, you thought the JobKeeper stuff, this stuff was exciting. This is gonna be much more exciting. So if you're interested in the workshop, please type in hashtag workshop. would love to see you there. It's going to be an intimate workshop. It's going to be good. And, you know, seriously, after this workshop, you'll be able to take immediate control of your financial destiny. You know, it's going to be good. And I'm going to send everyone a workbook beforehand. And there's going to be a little bit of work. It's going to be worthwhile, though. And we're going to go through it all. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been an excellent evening. Yep, and awesome. really enjoyed the questions. we got some amazing people. I really want to say that I feel very grateful for having such an amazing tribe of freedom fighters. So, guys, all of you guys watching us now or listening to us on the podcast, you guys are freedom fighters. You're fighting for freedom for yourselves, for your families, for your kids, for your spouse, for your future. And I just want to say well done. Now, well done for doing that because – um. You know, you should give yourself a pat on the back. And the fact of it is, it's not easy. It's hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. But you know what? If you do it now and put the effort in, you know, one thing I can say, and this is the one thing that's amazing, is property has completely and utterly changed my life. It really has. You, know, you? you know, I really believe that the right property portfolio is going to impact your health, your wealth, your family, the school your kids go to, your holidays, the house you live in, the you drive your future, everything. You know what? It's done. It's And I promise you, if you do it properly, it's going to change yours. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Go Freedom Fighters. Kick ass. Well done. Thank you. See you next week or I'll see you at the workshop. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for all our listeners around the world. If you found this podcast valuable, please share with someone that might find this useful. And please join our tribe of purpose-driven investors, increasing income and impact in our Facebook group, Positive Property. Please note, we a multi-million dollar property portfolio and a passive income. I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact of it is, however, many people may find investing in property challenging. It's not easy, and it takes a lot of hard work. However, becoming educated to make an informed decision and having the right advisors gives you the tools you need to succeed. The most important part of this formula, however, is to actually take action and apply that knowledge. It is important to understand that information I share is of a general nature only and is not taking into account your unique circumstances. If you're considering investing in any asset class, you need to seek the advice of an independent professional advisor who will be able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisor has actually achieved the kind of results you're seeking. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care putting those educational resources together. We'd be surprised if you didn't find any errors or omissions. If you do, our legal team says we have to say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all things, even your success, we're not responsible. That responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions you take. We're passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth. Live the life you desire and provide all the things you dream of
1: for you and your family.